Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. God with us. Emmanuel, it's Christmas season. I love how the entire world during December declares the gospel of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but the Bible is separated Old Testament and New Testament. And the very last page of Malachi, which is the end of the Old Testament, to the very first page of Matthew, which is the beginning of the New Testament, represents 400 years of silence. Do you guys realize that? So the prophets spoke. They were waiting, and they were waiting, and they were waiting, and 400 years passed. That would be like if the last time God spoke was 1623. And every generation had people holding the line, holding the word. Come on, let's continue to have hope. I know that this is from God. We're going to continue to wait. We're going to continue to incline our ear towards heaven for 400 years. How amazing is that? But then God didn't just break the silence with the word, but the word became flesh. And that word becoming flesh, flesh is Jesus Christ who was born, and that is who we celebrate this Christmas. And the promise maker in Malachi is the promise keeper in Matthew, and I'm telling you, he has something special for you today. One of my favorite um, Christmas songs is Silent Night, and it gives kind of a whole new context, right, when you think about there was a lot of silent nights when the angels came and Jesus was born. But one of the lines is, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. There is hope, and the remaking of everything has already begun. So the title of my message this morning is Unshakable Hope. We're going to talk about hope this morning. It's going to be awesome. So Hebrews 12.28 says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And I love this verse, and I also get frustrated by it because two things are said in that verse. One, what we have to stand on, the kingdom of God, is unshakable. Amen. But that also means that everything else shakes. And what happens when you find yourself in a world where there is a great shaking, where things that you thought were concrete begin to crumble, when things are revealed, when things surface, and when, what you thought was up is down and down is up, and chaos is happening, and the world is shouting doom and gloom over our futures, what do we do? Well, we look to the kingdom of God, which is unshakable. But in those times, your hope will be tested. Your hope will be tested. I know for Mike and I, this last year was honestly a very hard year. And I know for a lot of you guys sitting in here, it's been a really tough year. 
We've been fighting for financial breakthrough. We've been fighting for our building construction project. We've been fighting for our personal finances to have breakthrough. We went through a lot of shaking with relationships and friendships and moving and God moving in ways that we weren't expecting him to move and being okay with some of it, but then also like, God, what are you doing? This wasn't the plan. And God said, can you hope? Can you still have that same hope that is unshakable when you stand in the kingdom of God? But we do go through seasons of testing. And I remember having a candid conversation with Mike. This was surrounding our, our engineering business. Like, are we crazy for keeping this going? Like, we were losing thousands of dollars every single month. Like, our savings was just, like, not good. And... Yet, we had a word from God, and every time we would try to quit, God would bring somebody else to tell us not to quit. Has anyone ever been there? You're like, I'm done with this, and God's like, no, you're not. (laughs) And so you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep having that hope for the word and the promises of God in your life. But what, what do we do when we find ourselves in seasons where it feels like our hope is being tested, our hope is being pushed to the limits? Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says, My soul, wait in silence for God only. We're really bad at doing that, waiting in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. And I'm prophesying that scripture over all of us as a church family today that we will have unshakable hope. We will have assurance because of the word of God, because of who we know that God is and who he is to us, that when we walk out of those doors, we will be excited and anticipating with hope everything that God has in store for our futures. Can I get an amen? Amen. But there is a huge difference between what the world says hope is and what the Bible says hope is. So my first point is defining hope. We have to define what hope actually is. So if you Google definition of hope, this is what it says. The feeling of wanting something to happen and thinking that it could happen, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So the word hope is described as a feeling, but is often conveyed with a tinge of doubt. So this is how you usually hear hope in the world. Ooh, I hope that works out. I hope they will be okay. Yikes. Yeah, I hope, they're, I hope they'll be okay too. I hope they'll get through that. Man, I hope so. And if you hear that, you can hear the doubt in it. But that's, that's as much as the world has to offer when it comes to hope because the only thing that the world has to offer is from feelings that aren't actually rooted in truth. And believers and unbelievers alike will fall into the trap of if they put their hope, the worldly type of hope, into their circumstances, they risk actually coming out of alignment with what the word of God says. In Jeremiah 17.5, it talks about it. It says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And it puts the fear of God in me because 
When we put our hope in God, it is unshakable. But when we put our, our hope in our own strength, in what we can muster, in manifesting and waving sage around and, and declaring things till your face turns blue, that is not what the word of God says that hope is. And you will find yourself exhausted or even tormented when you align your hope with what the world says. The best definition that I could come up with for biblical hope is your faith in the future tense. Hope is faith in the future tense. The faith that you have for the future actually cannot exist without hope. Hope is the, what sets flight to your faith when you prophesy. Hope is what you look forward to in the future, the promises of God in your future. It's what helps grow your faith for what's to come. It's not based off of how you feel. It's based off of the word of God. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him. Not trust in man. See the difference? When you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The hope that I am talking about is not wishful thinking. It's unshakable. And I'm not ignorant to think that there's many of you in here that have gone through seasons of disappointment and delay and discouragement. And you're like, God, what the heck? Like, I thought my life was going to be totally different by December of 2023. And here I am. What's going on? Or some of you may find yourselves walking through these church doors really hurt by religion, falling short, you're doing all the things, you're performing, you have the white picket fence, yet inside you're exhausted and you're frustrated and you're tempted to shake your fist at God. But can I encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to, just as that Roman scripture says, fill you with hope. Those parts of your heart that are, that are needing a fresh outpouring of hope, it's waiting for you today. You just have to turn away from what the world offers and turn your eyes to Jesus, and he will do what only he can do. Can I get an amen? Amen. So those are the two definitions of hope, but I want to go into point number two and actually prove to you that you can put your hope in Jesus. So point number two, proven hope. Hebrews 6, 13 through 19 talks about the certainty of God's promise. In verse 13, it starts, it says, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, which I love that the Bible points this out, <laughs> like there's nobody greater than God, so God literally swore by himself, which is just funny to me. I don't know. Is that funny to you? Anyway, saying... I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, say waiting. After waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled, say fled, I'm going to get to that in a minute, to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. 
we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And I love this scripture and how it explains theologically how to grab on hope, how to align yourself with the promises of God, how there is sometimes waiting involved. Actually, may I wonder to say, almost always waiting involved when hope is involved. But the certainty of God's promises gives us a reason to flee to hope. And I love verse 19 because it says that hope is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So when the storms of life come, when the questioning comes, when the doubt comes, when the uncertainty comes, we are anchored, our soul is anchored because we have the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to show you visually what this looks like. So my background photo is evidence. Has anyone seen this before? This is actually a graph that visually shows how the Bible is perfectly cross-referenced together. So let me explain this really quick. Every single bar represents a chapter of the Bible at the bottom, starting Genesis 1. Right in the middle is Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible. And then you have Revelation at the very end. And every single time there's a cross-reference, one of those arches represents a cross-reference. So a cross-reference, for those of you that have real Bibles, not just on your phone, when you read your Bible, you can actually go to the very bottom of your page and see all of the cross-references. So, for example, I just read Hebrews 6.13, which says, when God made his promise to Abraham. So Hebrews is all the way towards the end of the Bible, that cross-references Genesis 22:17, the very beginning of the Bible, which says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. This happens 63,779 times. So this beautiful rainbow, which I love that it looks like a rainbow, like the promises of God, Every single one of those, 63,779, are cross-references. Cross-references. The Bible had 40 authors over a span of 1,500 years on three different continents with one author, the Holy Spirit, who decided to use us, include us in his plans as the instrument to write out the word of God. How amazing is that? Let's give a clap to God for how amazing he is. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And there are circumstances that he is working on your behalf from your past and for your future. And today, God is cross-referencing your story. God is cross-referencing your story. You thought you just showed up to church on a Sunday. But you don't know what God is going to use five years from now from something that will be deposited into your spirit today. And people want to be like, oh, I just wish I knew what God was doing. No, you don't. You can't handle that. You can't handle your destiny. You can't handle your future. God never promises to tell us his plans. He asks us to follow him. He shows us the way. 
if God told us 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when we arrived to San Diego that we would be pastors someday, we would have bolted back to Texas. We would not have been able to handle our destiny 10 years ago. And I, I have the fear of God in me enough to know that I can't handle knowing my future 10 years from now. God has you exactly where you need to be. Trust him. Trust him with your future. And actually give yourself permission to be filled with hope today. Because the faith that you have today can be activated with hope so that when you get to your future, at the end of your life, when you see all the cross-references of, oh my gosh, if I wouldn't have done that, or I made that mistake, but then God did this, and it's so incredible, and it's bigger, and it's better the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Can we be a people that actually invites hope in, no matter the discouragement, no matter the disappointments, no matter what it says on paper, we serve the God of the universe that is so intrinsically involved with your life that he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the number of grains of sand on every single ocean floor and beach, and he has plans for you. This gives me so much confidence to choose hope. When things don't look right, when things don't pan out how I'm thinking they're going to pan out, I, I have blessed assurance that I'm going to stick to hope. Just as our heroes in the faith listed out in Hebrews, chose hope, chose faith, chose to believe that the word of God was true, that the promises of God were going to be fulfilled. Just as the generations in between the Old and the New Testament did not grow wary, they continued to speak even though they didn't see it in their lifetime. God is so much bigger than one lifetime. The promises that are being spoken over your family might be for your great, great grandchildren, but we can, we can know because we have the word of God, can we stand the test of time? Can we continue to choose hope? Hope in the midst of a world that speaks doom and gloom over our circumstances, over the economy, over our nation, can we stand firm knowing that everything is being shaken but the kingdom of God, the unshakable kingdom of God is being established on earth as it is in heaven. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Jesus. Amen. There's so many examples in my own life, in our life, where we see God moving and why he did things a certain way. We see where our hope was tested and how God gave us what we needed to get through the storms of life with our soul continually being anchored by hope. And one story of many, um, I want to share about our daughter Everly. So many of you guys know, two years ago, we moved to Coronado. Day one, we're unpacking, I have a miscarriage from a, a baby that was promised that I was so excited about. We had a miscarriage, and it was heartbreaking, and it was a month-long miscarriage. It was horrible. The very next month, we thought it was going to be like our, like, we did it. Like, we broke through with Mike's company, and then literally, like, dominoes, every contract fell through. We're like... What is happening here? We just sold our house. We thought we were going to 
step into like our dream home in Benita or in Eastlake. And now we're in this tiny 1,100 square foot bungalow in Coronado where all hell is breaking loose. And I was not happy about it. And then that next month, our daughter, Everly, has a seizure out of nowhere, but they couldn't figure out why she had a seizure. And then she would have these little neuro episodes. And so we took her to the doctor and we started going to doctor's appointments. And the doctor started saying things like, you should put her on medication. And um, she really shouldn't take a bath by herself. She shouldn't swim. She shouldn't climb on playgrounds because she, if, she had, if she has a seizure again, she could really injure herself. And every night I would just be tormented by fear. It was horrible. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me of when I first became pregnant with Everly. Before I even knew that she was a girl, I had a dream. And in my dream, I gave birth to this beautiful baby girl with a full head of hair and all the doctors and my mom was in the room and they all were like, Everly is here. And then I woke up and it was so vivid and I knew it was from God. So I looked up the name Everly because I had never known an Everly up to that point. And an Everly is actually a meadow in the very middle of a forest. So it's completely surrounded by forest. And back in the medieval days, soldiers would actually go and train in the Everly fields because it was protected from their enemy being able to see their strategies for war. And so God spoke to me and said, you're gonna have a daughter and she's gonna be somebody that is gonna be strong and fearless and she's gonna know me and she's gonna know my heart. And as she grows, I'm gonna send people to her and she's gonna train them for battle. And so we gave her middle name, the name Hope. Her name's Everly Hope. Because we always wanted her to be fierce with the promise of everlasting hope as a banner over her life. And it was so amazing, we're like, wow, this is so cool. So I have her, literally, her collarbone breaks as I'm giving birth. Like she came out with a bang. <laughs> and then her leg broke when she was one and all these just, like our son has never to this day been in the ER, Everly, I'm like, what? All these gray hairs right here, it's my daughter and pastoring, I'm pretty sure. I'm just kidding, but not really. <laughs> um, and I remember the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night when I was praying off spirit of fear and just really being attacked by these, you know, the things that these doctors were saying about her future and the Holy Spirit reminded me, Do you, don't you remember her name? Don't you remember what I spoke to you when, when she was growing in your womb? Don't be so foolish to think that there's not gonna be an attack, but also be anchored to the hope that her destiny is secure. I've already spoken it before she was born and it shifted something in me where I began to proclaim the word of God over her. I didn't fall into the traps of what the doctors were saying. And I remember moving into our next home, which we're still in Coronado, and our address is 818, and eight represents new beginnings in the Bible. And God spoke to me and said, you've finished a year of testing, and now you're stepping into new beginnings. And I was upstairs, the kids were playing, I think I was like putting laundry away, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, she's healed, it's finished. And it, it caught me so off guard, 
that I stopped and I was just like, I know that's from you, God. Thank you. I praise you for it. And since that day, she has not had any weird neural episode. We took her to a neurologist. He gave her a clean bill of health. You don't have to bring her back. She's totally healthy. Go forth and conquer. Everly hopes she's going to do some fierce things for the kingdom of God. But I share that story with you because we will be faced with storms where your hope will be tested, where your faith will be tested, where you will be presented with a choice. Do I fall into the trap where I lean on the strength of man or do I cling to the promises of God that I will continue to speak over my life, over my kids' life? I am so excited about the future. I'm not afraid of the future. My future is secure. I'm throwing those arrows of faith into the power of hope, and I know, I know that we haven't even experienced a taste, a sliver of what God has prepared for us. We don't hope with uncertainty and doubt because we have full assurance that God is going to do what he's going to do. But just as it said in Hebrews, we have to flee to hope. And God highlighted that word flee. And this is where some of you are not gonna like me that much, but I gotta say it because I love you too much to not say it. And it's so easy to want to just, you know, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yay, Jesus, hope, butterflies. But I realized that a lot of you are frustrated. And I wanna tell you why. Not all of you, but some of you. So Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And God will take you through seasons where you feel delay. You're like, God, what is happening here? Like, I had all the hope in the world, and now it's not happening. Like you said it was gonna happen on the timeline that I thought that it was gonna happen in. But you're not meant to stay there. You're not meant to make a home in that delayed hope, that deferred hope. You have to actually constantly, continually make changes so that you stay aligned with the Word of God. And God spoke to me that there's a lot of you that are hoping and wishing for things, but they actually are out of alignment with the principles of God. God is a God that cannot lie. He's a God of principles. The word says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Many of us are hoping for healing, but we don't wanna fix our bad habits. We don't actually wanna change anything but we're hoping, come on, God, you can do it. But God is the God of principles. Many of us are hoping for relationships to be blessed. God, give me the relationship, like I have prophecies, and now I really, I, I found this guy and I really want him to, you know, ask me out and make it work. But are you living according to the principles of God? God cannot bless something that is outside of his principles. And so that means that your hope is out of alignment with the Word of God. Some of you in here have to flee from the ways of the world and come into alignment with the ways of God so that you can experience a fresh outpouring of hope that can be fulfilled. The promises of God will be fulfilled. And sometimes He will say no to protect you from the fulfillment of things that are not within the principles of God to protect you. And as you step into alignment, as you begin to live a godly life, you will experience an outpouring of hope where you will have strength to continue to believe, to continue to believe, even if it's longer than you thought it was gonna be. 
you know that his promises are true. And you can come under an open heaven every single day and bring your discouragement, bring your weariness, bring your questions, and get a fresh outpouring of hope. When you make compromises, but then ask God who can't compromise to bless you, you're gonna end up very frustrated. <laughs> and I love you too much, and Pastor Mike loves you too much to not point out some blind spots that might be preventing you from experiencing that fresh outpouring of hope and to have a vision for your life, a vision for your future that God can actually bless. Hebrews 6.11 says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that when you hope so that what you hope for may be fully realized we do not want you to become lazy i love the I, the word of god is so funny like when i read that the first time i'm like wow he's just saying you're lazy don't be lazy but imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what has been promised and it's the most perfect picture of what it looks like to be surrounded by a church family. Don't isolate yourself, get yourself around a church family. This is the house of transformation because we come in and we want to show you the diligence of seeing it through. We wanna show you the testimonies that are all over this room right now that will show you the way. This is how to apply the principles of God to money. This is how to apply the principles of God to being a good employee. This is how to apply the principles of God to motherhood, to marriage, to friendship, to walking out the giftings on the inside of you. And that will spark hope so that you can have the faith to believe that God has a future for you that will not be cut off. I love, I shouted them out last service, I'm gonna do it again. I love the Carmichaels. Rob and Nicole Carmichael, you guys are phenomenal and you are living, you are this scripture come to life for me because they came into our church, they had kids together, they were living together, but they hadn't gotten married. And they sat under the teaching of the word of God and God moved Rob's heart. And a lot of you guys were there. It was in our real church building. This is a quinceanera venue. It's temporary. But he stood on that stage and he proposed to beautiful Nicole and they got married. And just to see the blessing of God in your marriage, to see your kids planted and flourishing, leading in youth, it's absolutely amazing. They are the picture of Hebrews 6:11. They had that diligence, they had the hope realized, and they were the ones that you in here can imitate through faith and patience so that you too can inherit the promises that have fallen on their family. And they're one example of hundreds of examples. And it's not, it's not easy. It's actually really hard and we actually need each other to stay the course. So I wanna pray for us this morning. And if you guys wanna stand to your feet, I just wanna give all of us a moment to let the Holy Spirit show you those areas and they're painful. Wherever there's hope deferred, it says it makes the heart sick. But the Holy Spirit is here to heal hearts today where you can give your disappointments, you can give your discouragements, your frustrations, what you thought this year was gonna be and it's not, 
God can handle it. And in replacement of that, he will fill you with hope again. Where have you lost hope? Where have you misplaced your hope? Where has hope been deferred for you this year? Some of you in here have never experienced anything except the hope that the world has to offer you. And you're sick of it, I would be too. But you don't have to be uncertain anymore. Because friend, there's certainty in the name of Jesus. There's certainty when you put your trust in Him. Where does your hope need to be revived this morning? The Holy Spirit's here, and I'm just gonna give Him space. I'm gonna begin to pray over you guys, and then we're gonna go back into worship for a moment so that the Holy Spirit can minister into those places of deferred hope. But Holy Spirit, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you that you love them. Jesus loves you. He's not angry with you. He's not frustrated at you. When he sees you, he doesn't see a failure. He sees you as more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. There is hope for your provision. There is hope for that miracle to happen. There is hope for that relationship. There is hope for breaking that addiction over your life. There is hope for those that aren't in the house of God today. There is hope to break free from anxiety and fear and depression. There's a hope that is immovable and unshakable. God is with you. He is for you. He has good things planned for you. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would begin to move, that you would kind of break off limiting mindsets, that you would begin to heal places of our heart that have deferred hope. I speak to every mental illness in this room, that it has to have health in the mighty name of Jesus, that you are healing brains right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that you are breaking off curses in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for those that came in with a sick heart, where their heart feels heart sick, where their heart feels let down, where their heart feels heavy. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release your power to comfort them, to minister to them, that they would receive from heaven a fresh outpouring of hope, the God of hope. May he fill you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you're putting new dreams inside people's hearts where there's been discouragement. You're speaking to them, keep going. Or maybe some of you, let it go. Trust in me. Holy Spirit, I pray right now over businesses. I pray over finances for every family that has experienced delayed or deferred hope when it comes to finances. We break that in the mighty name of Jesus. The delay is over just as Mike Maiden prophesied. The delay is over for our finances. The delay is over in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to every mother that is wary right now, that doesn't have hope for her ability to mother. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would empower her, that she is the perfect mother for her children, that she is good for it. I pray that you would show her visions of her children, of their future, so that she can prophesy it and have an anchor for her soul. I pray for every father in this room, that they would have the wisdom of heaven and the hope for their children. Their children will not go through what they went through. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray you restore hope for fathers to connect with their children. In the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you right now, God, for those that feel hopeless, that that will be broken off, that they will experience an outpouring of hope. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, that you are trustworthy, and you are speaking to us. Come on, let's go back into a time of worship. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.